0: Welcome, everybody, to episode four of Ultra Pro Max, the podcast where we talk about app development and the Apple ecosystem. You've got myself, Luke. We've got Josh over here. Josh, give us a welcome. Hey, good afternoon. Good morning. And we've got Sadia. Hey, Luke. Awesome. So let's just jump right into the discussion. Sadia, I see you're coming at us from a van. Uh What's the what's the story there?
1: I was thinking, you know, some podcasts that I listen to, they they always do video off. They don't have video on when they're talking. I wonder, you know, maybe that would change the dynamic in some interesting ways. But yes, you can see my background. I'm in a caravan. Actually, it's like a, a hybrid camper, like a pop top, just like, I don't know, half a meter or so of pop on top. And... It's pretty. It's new. We just bought it, and we just took it out to a place called Seventeen Seventy in sort of regional Queensland, and sat by the beach for a few days. Went fishing. I worked while the kids played in the in the sand, and had a great time. It's a really really nice caravan. It's sort of like there's a particular style of van. You know, there's a bunch of different layouts you can get, and and this is a particular style. It's not the most premium style. It's only like fourteen foot. And it's, it toes really nicely for that reason. And I feel like we got like the the best in class of this sort of range. You know, it's a king size bed, a double bed and a single bed because we have four kids and one on the way. So we're a big family. And so we needed lots of bedding in here. And yeah, I'm just looking around There's a built in, you know, toilet and shower and fridges and all sorts of things. Um, and it, I just feel like we got all of the mod cons. Feels great. But I'm in here because usually I'm in my geodesic dome, which is great, but also very reverby. It's one of those spaces where you can be, you know, eight meters away from me and the other side of the room and whisper at the wall and I can hear you. You know, it's one of those style things. And so it doesn't work well for podcasts.
2: I think you need to build a
0: dome
1: within your dome, like
0: a podcasting unit. (laughs) like one of those like little working cubicles you see in airports or something just there in the corner oh there is no corner it's a dome shucks in the middle maybe
1: yeah a bubble a middle middle bubble that's where i do vr that's not gonna work i think i have a caravan so we'll give it a short shot you know like it's all baffled surfaces and weird angles so it might work you know might be might be okay i don't know if you can hear the birds outside but
0: we'll see how it turns up in post although honestly a little bird soundtrack might be kind of nice for our listeners i don't know maybe we'll just put it in ourselves
1: we'll just add in some some ocean sounds and uh, a running river
0: exactly we're really into the indie nomadic lifestyle now here's the real question though could you survive a zombie apocalypse in your van That's the question I see here in the topic list. I figure it ties into the van nicely. Why is that in the topics list? I I put that in as the first question because I want to
2: know how would you survive a zombie apocalypse? And so I had Sadia's van as the second one because he he was going to have an immediate dunk that, of course, he's going to win. But with that said, I think about this a lot because it's fun and it's not going to happen. So it's one of those safe apocalypse type things that is fun to prepare for. I think Saudi is the most likely to survive because, what are there, like 10 people in Australia, right? You just start driving in your little van and you're going to be good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on the type of zombie, you know, like you have the slow rambling zombie and then you have the speed zombie. So if it's a slow rambling zombie, I think we might be okay. Of course, Australia is an island. That probably helps some, although it's it's inevitably going to get here. But then we have 25 acres and we're like sort of surrounded by bush. It's going to be really hard for a zombie to traverse the space without being attacked by wildlife. That's got to help. Can wildlife become zombies? Oh man, we're screwed if that's the case. It depends on the variant of the virus, whether or
2: not
0: it can do cross-species jumping. So let's assume not in this case. They kind of degenerate species, right? I can't imagine trees growing legs and then coming after you i guess they could like lean over
1: and yeah no it's like the kangaroos and oh man that's that'd make a great movie though you know like an australian zombie film have you seen the australian star wars film there's a star wars what fan film that's uh, yeah worth seeing it's I'll, I'll find a link and put it in the show notes so yes I, we're well protected here uh we've got lots of power tools but of course no guns
2: i was about to say i live in north idaho where everyone has a gun and it gets very cold in the winter so i think i'd have a decent chance uh, as long as you could get enough food how about you luke you've you've moved now so you're kind
0: of in a similar area as me i moved out of california so my chances of survival went up by about ten (laughs) thousand (laughs) percent you know i've heard i read an article somewhere that like it's like northern idaho western montana is the most pristine preppers haven on the entire planet no like new they zealand. took into account weather it's patterns be new zealand. yellowstone see i i it, they took into account like political bent uh environment temperament climate proximity to yellowstone ring of fire all that stuff i don't know maybe a case could be made for new zealand
1: i am under the impression that there are billionaires who ended up being preppers and have bought you know huge houses with underground bunkers to do all their prepping in in new zealand and also, there's the Maori. The Maori in New Zealand. I mean, you don't want to face a you don't want to face a zombie Maori. But the Maori are, are pretty fierce. You know, I think that they would put up a good fight.
0: New Zealand rugby team, like they're brutal, right? Like the whole the, the dancing or the, the the warrior dance or whatever.
1: Because New Zealand, it was never attached to a continent. You know, it came up out of the ocean. There's no native mammals. No mammals that ever were native to New Zealand. Instead, there was this huge bird that was like, I don't know, 10 foot tall sort of giant bird called the Mayo, I think is right. And then it had no predators. So it did really well. It had no land predators. And then these people, the Polynesian people crossed to New Zealand and they feasted on these huge birds and they had all of the food. So they grew big. They were very healthy. And the bird population got wiped out, and then they fought each other for the resources. So you have these like big, big uh, population who are extremely healthy, just going at it for nothing left on the island. And today, Maoris are—they have the the thickest forehead in the world, so don't get head butted by a Maori. I've seen a Maori guy break someone's wrist by just grabbing his, 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 his trying to you know, put up a fighty at his wrists up. He just grabbed his wrist and headbutted his wrist and broke it. And they have like the biggest babies in the world. They're just a fearsome, fearsome people. And uh, very funny, too. They also have the best humor in the world. That's amazing. Yeah, okay. So but
0: what about zombie Maori, though? That would be a big bummer. Yeah,
1: but it would be pretty funny. I reckon they'd make <laughs> some good jokes. This is the Taika Waititi movie I want to see. About once every two years, I reread World
2: War Z, and it is nothing like the movie, just got to say that. It's this fantastic little book that just imagines scenarios around the world where the zombie apocalypse has taken over and how different countries have handled it. North Korea handles it by removing everyone's teeth within 48 hours. Israel handles it by building a massive wall within two months and protecting themselves, and everyone is basically of that entire area comes in and is safe until maybe something happens spoiler and then most of the world is completely run over there's a submarine that survives because it has nuclear power and it's this fun little thing of the Canadians they almost starve but the zombies freeze in the winter so they have an option <laughs> and it just it bounces around the whole world and looks it's short stories about how different people would survive so I, I don't know I kind of like thinking about it. it's kind of fun they don't have New Zealand
0: there was no story of New Zealand on there so I think that was a miss I literally just watched a how to survive a zombie apocalypse video this morning this very morning I found this new channel called how to beat and it's like don't you
1: guys spend time on that <laughs>
0: It's like how to beat these different movies. Like I I got stuck on the it was maze. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Maze Runner, but the premise is that they're in a maze to investigate these kids because they're immune to the, the zombie virus. Then they get out and then they have to fight zombies, basically. But the whole premise, the whole the whole argument was zombies are dumb. Just be smart and you'll survive a zombie apocalypse. Don't run because they they don't get tired. They can just keep running but they're stupid. So if you're, you know, if you're running up a hill, grab rocks and throw them at them and they'll fall off, you know, stuff like that. The whole premise is, of course, th- this falls apart in a moment, but it's fun to think about. <laughs> um, back on to serious topics. Joshua, you wrote something. Hopefully it's about zombies. So please elaborate. It, it's related. So I wrote a podcast blog article last
2: night and I, I'll i put it into the, the show notes. It was The what I've learned, if you want to start a podcast, this is the article I wish I could have found a few months ago when I was trying to figure it out. It's my understanding as of today. And I expect that 25 to 30% of it is just straight up wrong. So I'm hoping people will correct me where, why aren't you doing this instead? And it's It's one of those things that if you want to see something exist, just make it. So I'll put that in the show notes. And that was kind of fun. There's two scenarios. One is if you and a buddy are in the same room and want to do a podcast, what do you need to do? And the other is if you're remote and want to do a podcast. Uh, So I wrote that and that was kind of fun. Took me several hours, but I just wanted to get it out because I've had a few friends asking what I would recommend. I'm like, well, let me write it one time and see how that works.
1: Yeah, we can have a link in the show notes. I want to ask. I haven't read it actually yet. And I wanted to ask what you put in about hosting, because I've been thinking about hosting the podcast. And we, at the moment, we just go through Castos, uh, who we have a connection through. But I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool? M- maybe it would be not cool at all, but, you know, that's my stupid brain thinks it's cool to hand code an RSS feed for the podcast. And, you know, host it on Netlify or Cloudflare, GitHub.
2: That was something I was actually kind of thinking about for a moment because some of the podcasters I follow, that's exactly what they do. I just basically said use Buzzsprout because I was assuming it's someone maybe that doesn't have a deep technical understanding. Uh, And I myself, though, am interested in something like that. Uh, But I will. I'll defer to either of you. If one of you want to do that with our podcast,
0: tell me how you did it and I'll add it to the, the blog article. That sounds kind of fun. I could be tempted. Is the trade-off just so you're, it's cheaper? It's not like you get more control or anything. It's just a hosting audio, right? I think that's the trade-off. I'm paying 12 bucks a month
2: to host one of mine. It's not bad. It's also like it's another monthly fee, and I have so many of them, and they all start to add up. So uh, if I also pay for my own hosting. So if there was a way to marry those two together, I'd be interested.
1: I wrote also a post this week because I spent some time building out a visitor counter for my website. Right, so every time someone visits, it increments, and man, I just I I miss those days so much. I like I am so nostalgic for the early web, and so I built this thing. And what's cool about it is my entire website is built in Svelte SvelteKit and hosted with Cloudflare Pages, and it doesn't cost me a cent, and it's really fast. So I thought. I wonder if i can get this visitor counter to work with that tech stack and so cloudflare has a product called kv the key value store and it's kind of like a really basic basic database so i integrated with the api with the kv api and it's it's all free and i'm just like pushing an updated integer into a key value store and that's how it works and it's really nice and so one thing we could do with the podcast is we could.
2: Are you accounting for bots?
1: No, nah, not accounting for bots. I want that. I want that counter to go up, up faster. You know,
0: bots come visit his page,
1: please. Yeah, yeah, come and refresh, 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 refresh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm all in on Cloudflare. Cloudflare, I think it's brilliant. And, and what we could do is we could host the podcast on Cloudflare, put the RSS feed on Cloudflare, have it like auto deploy via GitHub or something like that. And then Cloudflare also can host the audio files. That is not free. I think anytime you're hosting large files, you're not going to really find a free way of doing that, but uh, it's not expensive either. I think that actually
2: would be kind of cool because all the services I've seen, they do limit you. So if you post a bunch of hours they're charging based on a on a through rate of minutes i don't know we can we can pay 12 bucks a month but if we can figure out our own custom type of solution i think that could be fun and i also imagine <laughs> i would love some kind of automation where i put files somewhere and they automatically publish or i don't know it'd be kind of fun what kind of workflow
0: could we do to speed things up that'll be something we can experiment with because they have models like that right like they have there's companies where you just throw them an audio file and then Bing, bang, boom, it's automated out to hosting and et cetera.
2: Yes, which is kind of how Buzzsprout works and Costos works. Actually, here's a challenge I'll put to either of you. I would love a way to better sync our audio files so that our local recordings are all running off some kind of a script to find the syncing times. I know Marco Arment with ATP does that, where he's got some kind of script running that is able to sync up the files Remotely, but I don't know how it works, so I'm I, if you have any way to improve my workflow uh, for editing, let me know. What if we all just looked
0: at a clock and said, "Boom when it turns oh yeah, that was three seventeen. there's no way that would fail. It'd be yeah. perfect yeah.
1: <laughs> we're definitely gonna get that millisecond on
0: well, humans have a response time of about three milliseconds. no, it's thirty. it's thirty milliseconds. I was I gonna mean. say that sounds a little fast <laughs> That sounds a little fast. it's point oh three
2: seconds, I think. I've tested my response time. Await it if you want to test it. Pull up your iPhone and turn on your timer and see how quickly you can go from starting to stopping. So that requires two taps. Wait, that's not response time, though. That's like how fast your finger moves. This isn't truly uh a real one but the fastest they've been able to get is like 11 milliseconds on that or tap tap try to do it twice
1: so you spend your day thinking about zombies and tapping your phone really fast
2: it
0: it it, it makes life more enjoyable (laughs) i've done this too i think the whole game is to see if you can get i think i've gotten 0.07 one time all right let let me just see your here what what can i do but now i'm averaging like 11 like you said i got 13 11 this makes for great
2: podcast content 15 (laughs) 13 11 people are riveted i think i think luke has a better chance he's younger you, you must I have just like got five. eight i just got oh, eight. Just okay now. i don't know if i could do eight.
0: it's the piano fingers bro that's what it is <laughs> what are you getting sadia
1: 11 13 always an odd number why is it always 13 or 15 because you're just odd sadia get 12 i i challenge you to get 12 or 14 Okay, no, no, we're gonna, we're cutting this bit out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, mo- let's move on. Okay, moving on,
0: moving on, moving on. Speaking of dumb tech, trying to do everything yourself and not paying for things. Does everybody need to know how to use a computer? It almost ties. It almost worked. I'm overgeneralizing for Americans that the generation older than me,
2: there's plenty of people in their 40s and 50s who are smarter than I'll ever be with technology. But by and large, the generation older than me wasn't truly exposed to using a computer, a file system, and then learning how to type really well and then transitioning to the mobile age. My generation got exposed to all of that. And henceforth, a lot of millennials got that whole swing of how to use a computer all the way to how to use a mobile device. Younger folks are not getting any of the how to use a computer experience. They're getting how to use a mobile device as a consumer primarily. And so my worry is are people growing up where they're missing out on that skill set of navigating through a computer, using a keyboard, being able to understand how websites work, how how applications work, and I think that could be a problem for kids growing up that they might miss something. And I think Sadia had a different take on this, so I'm curious. <laughs> I I guess I'm worried for my kids like is there something they're missing that I got to have as a
1: user of computers. You're right. You're absolutely right. There is definitely something that people are missing. Our generation had this like magic time and it was just it was like a magic hour for computing. We grew up with the evolution of computers, you know, the first computers in our homes and also the first mobile phones and the first Internet. It was just like this magic time. Kids these days don't they they have iPads they have they have phones and they rarely have computers maybe if they're lucky they'll get a Chromebook in school and that's not really a computer is it so yeah they're missing out on something where I disagree is that it's a problem I don't think it's a problem because not everybody needs to learn know how to use a computer you know you why do you need to know how to use a computer what does that enable for you it makes you lets you make websites well not everybody needs to be a website builder uh, someone working at construction, they don't really need to know how to use a computer. Boilermakers don't need to know how to use a computer. People in retail, people in restaurants. These sorts of jobs, which make up the vast majority of jobs, you know, they don't really need to know how, to, how, an, how a file system works. Most people...
2: Bump into a period of time where they need to interact with the computer because technology is eating the world so they'll they'll have to maybe make some kind of quick design in canva maybe they'll need to process a Word document to get a resume for their to for a new job maybe they'll need to be able to run a spreadsheet to be able to do the budget reports for their small coffee shop business there's so many instances and If you know, oh, I know how to figure out how to get a problem done on the Internet and I know how to use software, I think it's a big leg up. I think it makes a big difference. But
1: in all of those cases, it doesn't apply because your person trying to create a budget for their business can use a budgeting app or even Google Sheets. And they don't need to know how to use a computer to use Google Sheets. If you can use Google Sheets, you, you know how to
2: use a computer. Those two are related. No,
1: no Google Sheets, Sheets is an app. There's no file system. There's no underlying files even. It's an app. And for most people who use it, they're using it in an app. On an iPad So
2: you're arguing that the operating system structure of a desktop is not necessary but using applications is. I, I think maybe we're not too far off because I'm talking about like all that encompasses spending time comfortably on a computer. Uh, and I think they're all
1: related. I, I, I think that you can create a spreadsheet for your business on an iPad. Not on a computer. It'll suck, though. (laughs) No, no, it won't. And especially not if you get a dedicated budgeting app. And in all the instances where, yeah, you really should be doing this on a computer... Those are instances where apps have failed and there's an opportunity in the market.
0: There's a lot of people that, yeah, a lot of jobs that don't need to be able to use computers. But yeah, I guess it just it just sets you apart.
2: You're a decade younger than us. What was your experience? Kind of like what got you into using computers and not just sticking with mobile devices or however you that your experience went in that direction?
0: Well, I don't know if I'm quite young enough. I was born in 98. So, like, my dad was a developer, too. So, shucks. I grew up using... I was, I was playing little games on a PC at the age of, like, four. Like, my dad had me on there learning basic computer skills by the age of three or four. And so... And we didn't have mobile devices until I was, like, 13 or 14, probably. I mean, like, the first iPhone was 09, and, like, people didn't really adopt it until 2010, 2011. Like,
1: real smartphones. Right. But what about phones, phones? Mm, cell phones.
0: Oh, Oh, for sure. But like, that's not about like using real right. computing processes, yeah. right?
1: But but did you ever own one? That's what I'm interested in.
0: Oh, I couldn't have a phone until I was 16.
1: And by then the iPhone was out?
0: Yeah, by then we, my first phone was the iPhone 5. Whoa, I feel so old. <laughs> my first iPhone, I think was the iPhone 5 as well. But yeah, I had phones for many years before that. <laughs> There's just so much that, like, being able to navigate a desktop well sets you apart. Like, just being involved in student leadership in school and stuff. Like, just being able to type fast and being able to just use any software application that I pull up. Type fast, yeah. Oh, yeah, and fast, quickly. Like, my leadership in just different, like, things, like, events I'm trying to plan or different stuff I'm trying to do. Like, being able to do that quickly just really lets
1: me pull ahead of everybody else. Sure, but... You already told us you do everything in Notion, right? So Notion is an app, and then you need to pull together a graphic. We'll use Canva. That's an app. You know, it's all. It's all apps that talk to each other. It's not having to manage a file system. Think about what sort of file types you're using. I and think, though... But it is but thinking about oh, how much room have I got left on my drive and things like well, that. Well,
0: if you've got a lot of stuff you're doing, like, you like my file system is crazy. I've got it, like, all over the place, but I've, I've had to put a lot of work into organizing it because all the different projects I'm on, yeah, it's all app-based, but I end up with, like, 100 different files for each large project I'm working on. And we're talking like AV projects, like audio projects for different stuff, design projects for different things. All just like I'm not an expert in any of these fields, but I still have to manage, you know, a couple hundred files in each sphere. If you want to create valuable stuff, file systems are a really helpful thing to
2: know how to use. Um, because to create a podcast you 're not going to do that on an ipad i've I know very technical people who have tried it 's a nightmare to make something valuable in the digital world. A computer is where it 's at. to make a podcast
1: on an iPad is yeah a bit a bit of a stretch <laughs> I'll, I'll, You do need to use a computer to make a podcast, but not everybody needs to make a podcast. Lots of people can live their entire lives very happily, only having surface level interactions. On iPads and uh, and iPhones and you know, God forbid, Androids.
0: Well, I yeah, and I, I want to say that I, I think Sadia wins the argument of does everyone need to know how to use a computer? But I think in terms of your kids, Joshua, like if you want your kids to be like stand apart, yes, desktop proficiency. Just, I see Sadia
2: shaking his head, but yes, my kids, I want them to know how to use a, a computer. I want them to know how to use an operating system because I think it will give them a leg up in the world relative to not having it. I think
0: that their lives will be better for it. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll leave it there. Um, we we have to head out. That's it. Thank you everyone so much for joining us for Ultra Pro Max. Uh, we will see you next week. I'm Luke. I'm Joshua. I'm Sadia. That's weird. Are we always going to do that? (laughs) I don't know. It's kind of fun. Uh, See you guys next week. Bye. See you. Bye.